Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Mike's on. He's ready to go. On the fan. New York Sports Radio. Mike's on. Mike's on. All right, on this Friday evening, the 5th of June, we come to you again, uh, brought to you by Casamigos Tequila, as always, brought to you by those who drink it on a Friday evening as we take you up until 7 o'clock. As I said, June 5, tomorrow would be D-Day. You've heard, probably seen a lot of things on the news about that today. And for the first time, there will not be uh, a remembrance on the beach that has been uh, canceled, as many things across the world now, there will be some remembrances and different things, but not that for the first time ever. So uh, this uh, very important day uh, will be treated a little differently for the first time uh, since its occurrence back on June 6th, uh, 1944. Uh, if you ever, if you ever, I'm sure you've seen movies, many movies, uh, a bunch of them about D-Day, but uh, there's a, the book, book, that everyone, like I, I went to find the book that people said was the best book. The one that consensus was, consensus was a book by Cornelius Ryan was the best book. So very detailed book if you ever want to see one uh, called the, um, the Longest Day was the name of the book. So there's a lot of, a lot of books though, 150,000 troops, 5,000 ships. You know, the biggest sea-based, it was air sea and land based in all three there was an operation that affected all three detailing a very detailed operation a pre-operation it's a whole different thing but it was obviously the biggest seaside invasion in the history uh, of military history so uh, and a lot of people lost their lives uh, and it was obviously a very much a turning point as uh, Germany had a fight on two fronts and obviously led to their uh, demise we got a lot to do on this uh, Friday evening, a couple of notes of things uh, coming on. One is we're going to have golf tournaments without fans, but we learned today that the first tournament with fans will be Jack's tournament, the Memorial, which has always been a noteworthy tournament for players because it's Jack. Uh, and it will be played 
July 16th through the 19th, but they announced now that they, although they'll be, the number of fans will be drastically cut, uh, and there will be, as they stated in their release, many, many very, very strict ordinances about safety and about hygiene, roads going only one way, uh, people only allowed to walk one way, all, all, all different, different things. But noteworthy, a sporting event with fans, even on a small scale, is noteworthy because it is a step in the right direction. And a lot of people today, I think, are bolstered by the fact that there was good economic news for a change. Now, to be fair, that's terrific news. Overwhelmingly surprising news. If uh, any of the projections, if you watched the projections, nobody thought it would happen. They were stunned by the things, by there being that number uh, that showed that the economy is ratcheting up quicker than people thought. But remember, that is one step in the first quarter of a game that is going to take months. We still have cities, major cities, that are not open. Just look at it this way. In your life, where have you gone so far, if you're listening to the show, that has been normal? Not any store because no stores are open yet. Uh, you can go to a food store and obviously you've always been able to go to the essential stores. But past that, you're still shopping where you can call the store, use your charge card, and then pick up an item. You can do that now, but you still can't go in the stores. So we still have that. There's so many other things that we haven't even thought about yet. We're still a long way from even sports coming back. We're still a long way from New York being anywhere, even getting its feet wet as far as that. We're still a ways away from that. We still have a long way to go in California. That brings New York and L.A. into it. So in certain parts of the country, they are moving ahead. In other parts, they're trailing. But we have a long way to go. But that was a positive note today and one that, uh, we all hope, is a step in the right direction. But it's like getting the score in the first inning of a nine-inning game, or maybe not even, maybe the top of the first inning of a nine-inning game. It's a long game. We've got a long way to go uh, before we're back, and there's a lot of things we're going to have to see how they are impacted and how companies act and whether how many people go back to work and uh, how many people and companies create new jobs and how many restaurants and merchants and bars and restaurants and stores and, you know, the stuff that builds towns, how many people are going to go back and open their businesses up. And um, that number, we're going to wait and see what the toll is. It's going to be, it's going to be a little while before we find out. But for one day, a step in the right direction, no question about it. Um, we'll talk some NBA uh, with NBA insider Brian uh, Geltziner in a couple of minutes because the NBA is moving ahead. We know the NHL is moving ahead. Obviously, we knew baseball was going to have the toughest act. I can tell you this. I understand what the idea is. The idea is to get a season in the books. The idea is to not lose the entire season, to put some money in everybody's pockets, including their partners, their especially their TV partners. And they're big sponsors. I mean, everybody. They want to take care of the sponsors. They want to take care of their partners. They want to take care of everybody they do business with. We understand that. That's how business works. Uh, 
There's a whole chain. Still, it is a very hard sell with any form of legitimacy to turn baseball into a 48 or 50 game season. I'm sorry. Uh, really, why not just play the playoffs? If you're going to play 50 games, baseball, I mean, it's just not, it, it, baseball is not a sport that you find out who's the best in a couple of days. In other sports, we can find out in one game, in a seven-game series. In baseball, you use a long, a long process to divide the teams. And you need a long process. It's that kind of game. You play a lot of games. So to cut it down to one-third of a season and try to legitimize that, I think is extremely difficult. I understand what they're trying to do. The question you have to answer, and I've been wondering about it is, and it's a fair one, and I'll ask you about it. You can call up about it when we get a chance to squeeze a couple calls in later. Is a 50-game season legitimate? A 50-game regular season, then playoffs. Is that legitimate? And is it, if it's not legitimate, is it still better than nothing? Would you like to see that versus seeing no baseball this year? That's what it comes down to. Because let's be honest, you get off to a bad 20-game start, you're in big trouble. Unless they're going to make it so that everybody gets in the playoffs. And if they're going to do that, then why even fool with the season? Just come up with some extended playoff thing and you know turn it into some double elimination playoff format that takes a long time east and west to play and we'll go from there. Because 50 games or 48 games. I mean, that's like playing an NBA season of 25 games. It just doesn't work. So it's very hard to legitimize it. really is. I, I don't think you can legitimize it, to be honest with you. I understand why they might want to play it. I understand why they want to do something. Okay, I really, I really think that there are a lot of reasons to play. We can use every sport back. We can especially use baseball back. We know the hold that baseball has. We know the special role it plays in our culture. It does play a special role. It's no longer the most popular sport. I understand that. It's no longer the game that fits the times or fits the mediums as well as others do. But it still has a very different feel and a very different hold on America than the other sports do. That's just a fact. Whether you like it or you don't, whether you think it's too slow or you don't, whatever, doesn't matter. It's still baseball. And that's why it would help to have it as we start back. But right now we're talking about a very different August and September. We aren't going to have an August where you're waiting if your baseball team's bad, you're waiting for football camps to open and you're waiting for the NFL season to start. And that's obvi- obviously it, except for maybe a golf tournament here or the U.S. Open tennis there. No, you're going to see the Triple Crown in horse racing. 
You're going to see big golf events. You're going to see the Masters. You're going to see the Kentucky Derby. You're going to see big events squeezed into a very, very short period of time. You're going to have playoffs in September, in late August, in September, that are going to be into early October that are going to be very dramatic. And for baseball to give you with all that going on, Think about the hold that the Masters will have on a weekend. Think about the hold that uh, the Kentucky Derby will have on a certain date. Think about the NBA in a big playoff round or the NHL in the Stanley Cups, which are always a great event. And then trying to put a really flimsy regular season of baseball into that, and it's going to get lost. Yes, they'll have a postseason. There'll be excitement with that. We all like to see baseball played, but its regular season is going to get demolished up against intense playoff action and the Masters and big golf tournaments and the Derby and the Preakness and everything else that's going to go on. And all this jammed into a very short amount of time. And then if the NFL opens, which I still am not sure it'll open on time, it might look at everything in the calendar and say we can slide back. I think, I think they really in their heart of hearts want to. And I think they'd like to stay there if they ever do and finish up late in February with their Super Bowl. But we'll see what, what, what happens with the NFL. We still know what's going to happen with college football. But to put forth a very, very flimsy, 50 or 48 game regular season and jamming into that very busy time. It's going to get lost. It's really going to get lost. They need to do better. Their plan needs to be better. And if they go into November, so be it. And if they, you know, don't play the World Series until late November, so be it. They'll at least have that month to themselves for the most part with the exception of the NFL, on the weekends. The last day of the NBA is October 12th. So there are still, uh, obviously, a lot of questions to answer as we start to move into the warmer weather. There are still things that we haven't answered yet. You know, it's funny, this whole week, with what's gone on with the protests and what went on in Minnesota, and what's going on with the protests, and what's going on in all our cities. It's really put the pandemic news on the back burner. And frankly, well, you know, there are a lot of numbers we need to see that we've been waiting to see. Let's see what they look like. We're not even sure we're out of the woods with that yet. I saw Fauci today for the first time in weeks. I just happened to, there he was. He was on uh, CNBC around, I guess it was around 11 this morning. All of a sudden doing an interview. I hadn't seen him in weeks. So it has been forgotten for a couple of days, which has been surprising in its own right, but it took something very, very horrific and obviously something that impacted our nation dramatically to do that. Well, we're going to get back to that again, though. We're not done with it. We're not done with any of this. 
not the pandemic, not the protests, not the race issues, not the economic issues. And then on top of that, we're trying to bring sports back. A lot to do. A lot, lot of planning still to do. A lot to get done. All right, we're back on this uh, June Friday as we take you right up until 7. We'll talk some NBA with Brian Gelsiler from an NBA Insider. Uh, you hear him on Sirius, does some NBA TV. Brian, uh, what's going on? Hey, Mike. How you doing, pal? All right. Uh, before I get to the whole 22-team uh, plan, Nick Coach, what, what, what's, your, uh, what's your one, two, three for the Knicks coach? I, you know, Tim, right now from everything I'm gathering, there's just the one. It's Tom's job to lose, Tom Thibodeau. I think that's the guy. I, ultimately, I think that's the guy Leon Rose wants more than anyone. And I think it's just a matter. They'll go through a process. They'll interview a couple of other people and consider some other people. But I don't think anybody's under serious consideration right now besides for Tom. I mean, they'll, they'll talk to Mark Jackson because he's Mark Jackson. But I think beyond that, I, I think it's going to be, I really, I feel like it's locked in on Tom here. You know, a couple things you got to consider. First of all, Leon, Leon Rose got a longstanding relationship with Tom. Number two, Leon's new at this, and he needs someone to be able to help him a little bit who's got some experience not only on the sidelines but in the front office as well, Mike, and that's going to be a very important factor. The thing for Tom is this. Tom is, I, to me, Tom is one of the best basketball coaches on the planet. Without and question. But he's also a but he's also a my way or the highway and a defensive first guy and can he bring big players in with that with that theme? I think so. Listen, I, ultimately, I I don't know if their focus is as much as wanting to bring big players in early on. I think this is more of if we build it, they will come. And I think that's the right attitude here. I think for years, Mike, we're living, what, 20 years of trying to go get the next great big free agent. And who who did the Knicks exactly land? Amari Stoudemire? That's been it. they got to build something from the ground up. And let's face it, this is a, a program and an organization that is desperate to put an adult in the room. Tom is the adult in the room. No, he's, the Tom's a wonderful – listen, we, we know Tom forever. Tom's a wonderful coach. I mean, he's always been an excellent he coach, is. but we all know he's a he's also a tough guy, and he's hard on his players. He makes them – which I like – makes them work hard, defensive first. But can you, can you get – if you're looking to get a good player to come join in, will they come play for his style of basketball? I think so. I think if the team is winning, absolutely. I think that's what it's going to come down to, if the team is winning. Listen, the, the, the thing for Tom here, and I've had conversations with him regarding some of this, you know, on air and off, and, and, and Tom, you know, he'll tell you that he's changed a little bit and that he understands things maybe a little bit differently than he did in the past, and I kind of believe him. I, I think that Tom gets today's player. I think he's much more respected by players than, than people think, and when you look at Jimmy Butler's issues in Minnesota, I think it's very important when you look at Tom's history with star players to look at Jimmy Butler's issues in Minnesota and, and understand that they were a whole lot more about Towns and Wiggins than they were about playing for Tom Thibodeau, and the team had committed tons of money to both of those players and not tons of money for Jimmy Butler. One other thing about Tom and star players, Mike, and it's really important, all right? Tom had a big-time star when he was in Chicago and Derrick Rose. First chance Derrick Rose got in free agency, he ran to Tom in Minnesota. Tom's not a guy that turns off stars. He's defense first, 
and he means business. But if you want to win, if you're a guy that rolls up his sleeves and wants to do the work and be a winning basketball player, you're not afraid of playing for Tom Thibodeau. Here's the other thing regarding Tom and personnel. Tom's getting beat, gets beat up a little bit over what happened in Minnesota, and I'm not sure it's all that fair. I don't know that you want Tom to be the guy that runs your entire organization, but you definitely want Tom, if he's coaching a team, to have personnel input. He will have personnel input with Leon Rose. I think it's a great spot for Tom. And listen, I, really I, have, I have no problem with him coaching a team. He's an excellent coach. I mean, he's a, he is a, he's a superb coach, and you're right. They need a good man to run the team. Uh, I would have no problems with Van Gundy. I would have no problems with Thibodeau. I have no problems with either one. Uh, so uh, I agree. All right, to the playoffs. Um, the 22-team th- thing. Let's be honest. I mean, uh, now I've watched two organizations bend over back with for Zion. Uh, now, first the NCAA and now and now the NBA. I mean, uh, you know, this is the Damon Lillard uh, Zion <laughs> twenty-two team package. Here is what this is. You know, it's exactly what it is, Mike. Listen, they. You think about the time that this, these TV partners did. The importance they put, we talked about this, you and I, in October, Mike, the importance that they put into Zion Williamson in creating a national TV schedule. And then think about how little of Zion Williamson they got. No matter what happened here, the league was going to find a way to be able to get Zion Williamson on the television screen when the season starts back up. Make no, there's, there's no other reason for any of this. And, yes, a lot of it's little too. They want guys that are going to generate. Also, get John Morant on because he's your future, too. John Morant's going to be as important to this league going forward as Zion's going to be. He's going to be a great player. I, Mike, I think he's a really good player now, I, and, and and you're absolutely right. I just don't know that in terms of of, of marquee value. Oh no! Listen, right? Listen, listen. Zion has been sold like cornflakes. I mean, let's be honest. He he has been marketed better than any player. The last player marketed even closely to Zion was Patrick Ewing at this level. I mean, Zion has been marketed unbelievably. From the day he went to Duke, he's been marketed that way. So, listen, they have done a superb job. I mean, he's a household name, and he's hardly played. Correct. Correct. And when he's played, he's played pretty well. I mean, there are holes in his game. Oh, listen, he's played. Listen, he played. Listen, he he didn't he didn't turn the league upside down, but he played well. I, I'd be the first to admit it, he played well. The, and he's going to play well. He's going to put up a lot of points and a lot of rebounds. I, I don't know that he's going to change the game, but he's going to put up a lot of points and rebounds. And and listen, they have decided that he's what America wants. I'll wait and see if that's true. But the point is, they have marketed the heck out of him, and they wanted him in these playoffs. Yeah, and people tune in to watch him, Mike. That's the other thing. He uh, he generates ratings. He has for them in a short amount of time. They saw a rating spike in Pelican games with Zion on the floor. So they're going right. to want to get him What kind of and, team and Mike, is – go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And, and to the league's credit, they created a metric to get it done. Because, you know, listen, I was one of these 16 or 30 guys. Right. And I felt like anything in between was going to be arbitrary. At least they invented a metric saying, okay, we have a stat that says if you're more than six games out of the playoffs. Eh, I can live with it. I, I, listen, I, I, I can I, live I with it. I, I can I live I can live with the – listen, they created a process for a couple of guys, but I can live with it. I really can. I don't have a big problem with it. Yep, it, it gets everybody who needs to be there there, so I don't, ha- I don't have a problem with it. Now, uh, we're talking with Brian Getzeiler of the NBA. Um does it help? A better way is this: say it this way. Does it help a? Is this process that we're going to go through going to help a veteran team more or a young athletic team more? 
I think the young athletic team more, Mike. I think the veteran teams, where you worry about veteran teams, are pulled muscles. You know, you, you're down. They're going to be, by the time they play, they're going to be down for four and a half months. That's a long time to be down. And you're going to come back, you're going to have some sort of a training camp, but the games are going to get intense quickly. And to me, I think you have older players are going to be more susceptible to injury and muscle pulls. And this is the type of thing, with the games coming at you fast and furious, a muscle pull, what would have been a week and a half, two-week injury in a regular playoff and cost you, what, four or five games are going to cost you, you know. So it's going to be conditioning. So you're saying it's conditioning over intelligence, over where one team you got to spend an hour and a half on how you're going to attack the pick and roll on the other team. you got to make sure they're in the tubs is what it comes down to and and, and and so which so you're saying the young athletic team over the brains team that doesn't need the adjustments you'd rather have the young team right now i'd rather have the young team right now and i'll give you two teams one in each conference that i think you got to keep an eye on here that this is going to favor denver in the west who really relies on one older player in Millsap, and that's it. And assuming that the big guy, Jokic, doesn't come back too doughy. And it's yeah, he, can't, he started the year that way, that's for sure. He did. Yeah. He did. So, if, you know, hope, hopefully he's been conditioning and not sitting on the couch and watching Netflix and eating pizza. So, you know, you, you want to see that out of him. And Murray is, is, is a, a good player. And Murray was banged up, if you remember, and now he'll be back healthy. And then the other team's Philadelphia. You know, you had no idea what you were going to get out of Simmons going forward for the rest of the season with that back. And there's another situation. If Joel Embiid's been laying off the Shirley Temples and going hard and keeping himself in shape, that's a young team that could still be very dangerous. And they're planning on making a starting lineup change where they're pulling Al Horford out of the starting lineup. Shake Milton played very well while Simmons was hurt, and he shot the ball well. They're going to put him in the starting lineup so they have some more shooting in there. And, and Simmons is going to be a much more of a natural role. He'll have the ball in his hands a lot but it'll be a little more point forwardish for him in terms of what they need out of him. I think Philly is going to be very interesting. How about Porzingis? What kind of shape is Porzingis going to be in? I think he's going to be in good shape, Porzingis. You know, the thing you also have to remember when the season ended, Mike, Kristaps was playing at a hugely high level. He was playing, he played better than he ever played on the Knicks for his last month with that. Yeah, so uh, listen, if he's in shape with, they, they have a very good, I mean, with him and Doncic, they got a chance to be a da- very dangerous team. If he's in, if he's got his A game and he can play 30 minutes, they have a good team. They have a very good team. So I'm going to tell you something else about him. He can make them into an, an A-level defense. What he, as good as he is offensively, the range, all of it, where he has been a godsend for that team this season. They don't have a lot of wonderful individual defenders, but he tracks pick and roll as well as anybody. Hey, there's the nothing he can't. There's nothing he can't do. You know what? Yep. I, I watch him in person enough. As long as those legs stay healthy. I was there the night he got hurt, as a matter of fact. Uh, his ability... Both ends of the floor. I mean, there's nothing he can't do. From sticking the outside shot to going to the basket to being a rim defender, he can do everything. Yeah, and, and playing a low post, too. They don't use him much there, and, and, and Carlisle's objected to it. But you know what? Pour it into him in a low post and have to take a little turnaround. Who's getting the hand up and blocking that? He can do anything he wants. He'll get you hard baskets. He'll get you easy baskets. And you know what's happened with him? It was hard for him early on with Luca because Luca is – you know Luca, Mike. He's larger than life. Yeah, he's, he's huge. He's going to be a great player. He's a great player. Great so. player. A lot of personality. Yeah. And for Porzingis coming into this organization, it was a little weird having to be the second 
banana and, and not totally comfortable. But you know what? Lucas sat some time, was out for a little while. Porzingis grew into the role, and now the two of them, listen, had a role together. You're absolutely right. Dallas is a very, very dangerous team. And, 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 both and, of those guys are in shape and healthy. And Memphis was playing well, too. They are, and they catch a break here, too. Because if you remember them, they had Jaron Jackson out and he was most likely going to miss the rest of the regular season. Plus, they had the hardest schedule out of all those West teams that was left for them. And even though they had a lead, they were hurt. That's an important player for them, Jackson, on both sides. And and that schedule was going to be brutal. So they really caught a massive break here where they get to kind of keep their record, and they go back to this restart where they're going to have kind of an evenish schedule with everybody else. It really helps them a lot. I don't think they can advance in the playoffs. I don't think they're capable of that. But even just getting into a seven-game series with a team like the Lakers is going to do wonders for guys like Morant and Jared Jackson. Have, have they ironed out every detail now, or are they still working on details that they have to iron out here? Smaller details still need to be ironed out here. I mean, I, there was a lot of crazy proposals David Menon of ESPN had the other day that he heard for home court advantage, and they're not going to alter the game in the way of it, giving guys extra fouls. No, they can't do that. They, they, they play, the, play the game straight. There's, I don't care where it's played. Play the game straight. Case closed. That's all there is to it. That's it. And the one interesting thing regarding home court that I think is kind of still out there, and this actually I think is, is a good idea, Go ahead. is to give the – higher seated teams their choice of resort to stay at that's fine no listen i think that's fair i think that i think that's i think that's absolutely fair uh give them choice of bench give them choice of uh locker room give them choice of facility i think that's they earn that i think that's all fair don't give them any breaks once the game starts though come on that's not fair right no no breaks once the game starts and listen i know there's been a lot of complaining that washington got in but ultimately, you have to understand they needed to get Washington in to play the format that they want to play. Yep. I, I love this format where if you know top eight seeds in each conference, if you're within four games yep. as a nine seed or the eight seed, you, you got to play off. beat them twice to steal yep. the playoff spot. Yep. But you couldn't do that with only eight teams in the East. So you had to stretch away to get a ninth team in there. And listen, Phoenix ends up being a beneficiary of that because Phoenix ends up being able to play now where they most likely, if it had been 20 teams, Phoenix would have been out as Washington would have been out. Right, this and you didn't have to shift a West team back to the East. This works out better. Right, and this is good for Phoenix because they're going to be, you know, yeah. they're on their way of being a good team. Oh, they're on the way. He's an excellent coach, Mike. You know that about me. And and, and, they're, and they're and they're a player away now. They're only one more player away from being a really good team. You know what Monty's done with Booker this year, and I know you and I have spoken about this. Yeah, I love Booker. Booker had a great year, amazing, yeah, amazing. And listen, and Aiton missed that first, you know, those first twenty-five games with that suspension, and came yep. back a little slow. This will getting involved in even this level of play for Phoenix. Even they're not likely to get in the playoffs, but coming out playing these eight games on this kind of stage, it only helps a young team like that. No, I think it does. It does completely. Uh, any team, any players complaining about anything, or they're okay. You know, the one big complaint you got, and Sean Sharania of The Athletic had this earlier today, but I had heard this prior also. The one big complaint that you got is, listen, you can't have a possible Game 7 of the NBA playoffs on October 12th and then tell these guys that you got to show up for training camp on November 10th. No, that, that can't. And, no, that can't. It cannot happen. It can, can, cannot and, happen. And the players are pushing back on that, and they should push back. That, that Listen, can't I, happen. That's not fair. It's not fair. The, the big, the big. And you know who's going to put? You know who's going to put the kibosh on that is LeBron. 
a heartbeat because he's going to be playing that deep. Yep. He's going to be a heartbeat. So, and Michelle Roberts told that to the players today pretty much. She said, you know, don't count on that being the scenario that happens here, that ultimately they'll get it pushed back. And, Mike, it's going to be what we've said all along. It's going to be Christmas Day. And I know, I, see, the thing is why they want Nothing it wrong with first. that. That's fine. That doesn't hurt them. They it can is. get that done. Why they want it December 1st, Mike, is they want the option to move it back to the regular time last, uh, the, the next year. And if yep. they and if they have it on Christmas Day, then you're pushing back two months and you're shortening the next off season. And what you may have to do is if you want to get the league back on its regular shorten a regular season, shorten a regular right. season. Either shorten a regular season, or you know what, the following season started just a month early, or the just season ju- started a month, and then t- you're, in two seasons you're back on schedule. Absolutely, there's t- you know. Yeah, you play 72 games this year coming up, and you'll be fine. You can, it, it would right. work out fine, and, it would, and they'd like to do that anyway. Uh, you know what? Each side take a little less and, uh, and work out a 72-game. That's it. How far did the East-West stuff really get as far as, that, as, 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 far as how they were going to break this up? Well, you know, it's interesting. The, the loud voice in that Board of Governors uh, meeting, from my understanding, was Michael Jordan who pretty much said, listen, you cannot turn around with everything that's happened, and if you don't want an asterisk attached to this year, you, and as it is, you're changing the format to accommodate the, the TV networks, as we discussed, you can't turn around and go 1 through 16. He said, you're gonna you cannot. He was 100% right. He's 100%, 100% right. It, it would yeah. invalidate the championship. It totally would. So we had a conference system from the jump. We keep the conference system. And and the big and all they were trying said, to do was, just like they wanted Zion in, all they were trying to do was separate the Lakers and the Clippers. That's all they wanted to do. But in the end, you know what? It, if they're all in the same location here, it doesn't matter. And you know what's happened, Mike? Giannis has become such a big draw, and people enjoy right. watching him as much. If you're going to get him in a final against whether it, you'd rather have, the league would rather have LeBron, but they're not going to complain if it's Kawhi and Paul George. You know no. what I mean? So if that's where it ends up being, that's what it ends up being. And you still have to. I, Jordan's being the one that said this because Jordan represented kind of today's star players and saying these guys that are going after a legacy don't want asterisks attached to their names. And you're going to create a system that's going to make it harder for these guys to use this season as a legacy builder. Because, Mike, I'll tell you this, and, and, and my radio partner, Sam Mitchell, and I are both in agreement on this and talk about it all the time. I, I think this year gets an asterisk for the opposite reason, because I think this is going to be a lot harder to win than it is in other years without home court games that are, are packed together, back-to-backs in the playoffs, that stuff that teams haven't had historically. And under this set of circumstances, they're trying to not get sick and being in a bubble and no families. And, I mean, the families come, you know, once, once the first round of the playoffs is over, but you have a lot of time with all this stuff, a lot to worry about. I actually think this is going to be harder than a normal year. Yeah, plus, hey, the Bucks owners, there's some clout in that room. They were not going to let that happen either. You know, that there's no. got, you, you got some strong guys in that room, very strong guys, and they were not going to let that. They were not going to get fed that after the year they've had nope. where they don't get to the finals. I mean, that's just not fair. That, I, I know what they were doing with the Lakers and the Clippers, but you know what? It wasn't going to happen. I just wondered how far it got. And Jordan was right. He was 100% right. Yep, he's the one that put the kibosh on it, and you're right about the Bucks owners. Mark Lazary, Mike. Lazary, you, you know that. Guy, very, a very influential financial guy, yep. uh, has a big podium, absolutely. He was not going to let that happen, no way. No All right, doubt. so, no so, uh, so you, now, it's funny, um, 
it's still a long time till the season starts when you think about it. You know what? It's, oh, it it, it's really longer than it needs to be. You know, I, 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 I understand, but why couldn't they move it up a little bit and just use that time? They didn't want to, right? I don't, they didn't want to. I listen. I think what the, the big thing is this. It's they could have started the 15th of July if they wanted to. It's only the 5th of June right now. They absolutely could have. But again, the same owner, Michael Jordan, put Silver's feet to the fire a little bit with this and said, safety, 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 safety. It's like, whatever happens beyond you want to crown a champion, you want to play a season, what are you doing to keep these players safe? And ultimately, one of the, the, the selling points that Silver was able to sell the players on coming back to be able to do this, and the players have ratified this as well, is we push it back a little later and we give this current phase of the virus time to fade. And then once we put you in a bubble, if there's a second wave that comes, technically, you're, 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 everybody's getting tested every day, but technically, you're going to be somewhat insulated from a second wave. So if it runs a little later and into a time that there is a second wave, we at least have your safety in mind. And that's really what this is all about, pushing it back. They want to make sure that they, the players understand that the NBA owners are out for their safety in earnest. And they, and they want to be able to understand somebody's going to test positive at one point or another. They get that, and they're not going to shut down the season when that happens. But ultimately, this was about saying, hey, you know what? If we have to start a little later to make sure that we have everybody safe, then that's what we'll do. All right, thanks. We'll talk soon. Thanks very much, Brian. You got it, Mike. My pleasure. Right. Take care. Brian uh, Gelsheim from the NBA, NBA Insider. You hear him on Sirius, NBA.com, uh, and uh, NBA Television. All right, this was just released uh, by the NFL. It's the uh, commissioner on what's going on in the country in recent days, the protests, uh, just racism in general. Uh, let's listen. It has been a difficult time for our country in particular, black people in our country. First, my condolences to the families of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and all the families who have endured police brutality. We, the National Football League, condemn racism and the systematic oppression of black people. We, the National Football League, admit we were wrong for not listening to NFL players earlier and encourage all to speak out and peacefully protest. We, the National Football League, believe Black Lives Matter. I personally protest with you and want to be part of the much-needed change in this country. Without Black players, there would be no National Football League. And the protests around the country are emblematic of the centuries of silence, inequality, and oppression of black players, coaches, fans, and staff. We are listening. I am listening. And I will be reaching out to players who have raised their voices and others on how we can improve and go forward for a better and more united NFL family. All right, those are the words of uh, Commissioner Goodell. Uh, the NFL just released that on their Twitter account just a couple of minutes ago. Uh, obviously, a lot's gone on this week. Um, response from players, first to what Drew Brees said, and then after Drew Brees did apologize, uh, some players 
were okay with his apology. Others were not. The only thing I would say about, about Drew Brees is this. You can listen to his statement, which I thought was a little uh, puzzling in that they showed a game where he was kneeling, which I didn't even realize at the time until I saw the video. So uh, when this went on, he did kneel. Um, and then Drew Brees, after you know taking a lot of uh, abuse, made a statement apologizing. The one thing, when you consider his statement and then consider his apology, also consider his charitable actions in and around New Orleans through the years. Actions speak loudly, too. I mean, this is a guy who has been extremely visible and extremely generous with his own money when that city was absolutely torn apart, which we know it has been. And that city has taken the brunt of a couple of things. So we know how bad things were in New Orleans and how, you know, initially the response was awful. And Drew Brees was a, now I'm not from New Orleans, but we all know that Drew Brees was a major factor down there. And I don't even know Drew Brees. So, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever even, I mean, I might have interviewed him once, but I don't, I don't know Drew Brees from a hole, you know, from a hole in the wall. I've never met him. I, I've, I may have interviewed him once. If I did, I don't remember. Maybe through the years he might have been on the show. Oh, we might have had him on at the Super Bowl. You know, I did enough, enough shows in the Super Bowl. I can't remember every guest we had. I don't remember if I ever interviewed Drew Brees or not. Dog would remember if we did, but I can't remember off the top of my head if we ever did or not, to be honest with you. But I don't. he's not a guy I know. So, um, But he has been extremely generous with his time and with his uh, checkbook. And those actions matter too. They do. Because they have been significant, and they should be taken into account. And then you can make your own judgments. I mean, that's fine. You know, you, it, it, you'll make your judgments on whether his, you know, uh, apology was sincere. But also take into account that this is a guy who has stepped up for that city on a couple of occasions. And in my understanding, has been an incredibly popular figure in that town. And not just with the, uh, you know, white fans, we're, we're also with the uh, African-American fans. So, I mean, he's been an incredibly popular figure there. So I think that obviously was the biggest NFL issue this week that I can think of off the top of my head. There might have been another player. I know there's been a lot who have commented for, before and after Drew's apology. Um. So now you have the commissioner. There's been, obviously, there's going to be a lot of debate about where, when, and how the league will, the NFL and its players will do whatever protesting or any statements or symbolism they want to make. We'll see how they decide to use it. We'll see what that that entails. I would think that... Those players in those cities could use their popularity and their, you know, their resources, both 
in terms of financial resources and political resources and do a lot of good in making for a better relationship in those cities between people of color and the police departments. I think there's a variety of ways they can do that. And not just on Sundays, all week. And that doesn't go just for the NFL, it goes for every sport. So there's a lot that players can do because they have the bully pulpit, people listen to them. And they have resources, both in terms of whether it allows them entrees into certain circles of power or just financial resources. And they have both. And they all can be used in an extremely constructive manner. It is a it is a wild time in this country when you think about it. With what we've gone through in 2020, with what has gone on with the virus and how that has changed the economy and changed the country so much, and then what we've seen happen since... And not just what happened in Minnesota, what happened in Atlanta, what's happened in other cities. It's not just one incident. No one's saying it is. It's more than one incident. And there are incidents that have to stop. But when you look at culture, climate, culture, economy, we are in a time of enormous upheaval. And we have a presidential election months down the road. So it is going to be a wild couple of months. July, August, September, October. Four incredibly intense months in this country. It should be extremely interesting and telling. I'll see you Sunday morning. 9 o'clock on the uh, fan and on the uh, CBS Sports Radio Network. Um, Casamigos Tequila, as always, brings you the program. Uh, brought to you by those who drink it, so we thank them for their patronage. Enjoy your weekend. Stay safe. We'll see you Sunday morning. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 